This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Symbol. Guys, we have a brand new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you can earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the nearly 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your deposit risk-free. Again, that's www.simbull.com and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. <laughs> What's up, guys? It was another one of those Sundays where the wonders never cease. Uh, I think that we have solved one big question, though, with the trade deadline looming and, and uh, you know, Bear fans kind of hot for uh, acquiring picks and stuff like that for 2022 and beyond. Uh, I think we can all agree that we need to hang on to uh, Khalil Mack. Uh, he hasn't been the subject of much trade rumor talk uh, lately, but I think that after today, uh, we see how much we need him out there. So I think we can put that one to bed uh, for a while. But um, this is just another weird Bears 49ers game. Uh, another game that's going to, you know, haunt me for a while. Because if you guys remember that 2015 game between the Bears and the Niners where the Bears made like six critical mistakes in the game, and had they not made one of those mistakes, they could have won the game in regulation and didn't have to go to overtime, and Blaine Gabbert didn't have to throw a 70-yard touchdown pass to Torrey Smith in overtime to lose uh, the game. So it was like, it just I didn't get over that game until we played them and beat them in 2016. So I don't know what the odds of the Bears and the Niners playing each other again uh, next year would be uh, right now. So I mean, I think we're both third place finishers in the in the, in our respective divisions uh, right now. So 
right now it kind of looks good so I'm, I'm kind of hoping that uh it maybe that stays the same as far as like we stay in the same place so we can play each other again uh next year but um this was another one of those aggravating uh games where a lot of what ifs uh come up and, and what have you uh most of which we will definitely get much deeper into tomorrow on the deep dive uh review uh episode but uh this is the bear up bear down episode uh for week number eight uh this will not, <laughs> for the third week in a row i'm gonna say this will not take long because it definitely uh will not i mean there are a lot of people that were guilty uh today of poor performances uh we had some nice performances out of some people today but the list as far as like those i deemed worthy of the awards this week short one on the bear upside two on the bear downside and it just kind of trickles down uh from there uh so let's go ahead and get this uh get this started so we can get it over with this is the week eight episode of bear up bear down for the bear stock underground so let's get to it Now, I know as a as a lifelong sports fan, you will, especially when your team is not playing well, you will constantly run into moments of if we had only done this, then this probably would have happened. Uh, you know, it, it's just especially when things aren't going well uh, and everything. But th- there was like an, a, an epidemic of that happening today in this Bears 49ers game where uh, we were. We were monsters from the 20 to 20 uh, today. Justin Fields looked sharp. Uh, he was accurate with the ball more times than uh, not. It probably his most efficient game of the season uh, as far as his passing uh, percentage uh, was concerned. There weren't too many drops that were taking place uh, there. So, so, you know, like there were a couple of his incompletions where he was just off target uh, with some things, even for someone as, as accurate as him, that's going to happen uh, from time to time. Uh, he ran the ball like a monster uh, today, which was awesome uh, to watch. But it just seemed like whenever we got in the red zone, all of a sudden we went full blown uh, and competent. Because uh, we didn't punt until late into the third quarter, and the, each drive that we had should have ended in a touchdown. Like we should have had 21 points going into the half. We should have had you know 28, 35 going into uh, the fourth quarter. But instead, we had only one. We only finished one drive with a touchdown, and the rest were field goals going into the fourth quarter. And then, kind of like the Cleveland game. The dam broke in the fourth quarter, and the 49ers racked up the points. We could not keep up, and we lost a game that we should have been well in control of for the majority uh, of it. You know, like like my tweets today, uh, which I eventually just gave up on because I was tired of saying the same thing over and over again. It, you know, I was saying it's it's at halftime. It's twenty-one to nine, or it's sixteen or thirteen to nine. It should be twenty-one. Uh, to nine, it's sixteen to nine. It should be twenty-one to nine going into the halftime. It's just like, oh, here it is. You know that that big play on the screen for the 49ers in the third quarter. Uh, they scored to make it sixteen to fifteen. It should have been twenty-eight to fifteen when they scored uh, that touchdown. It just over and over and over and over again. This happened uh, in, in the game, 
And just so many times, the Bears just could not finish. And it felt like that uh, like that Charger game a few years ago, a couple years ago, 2019, where we had no problem getting into the red zone against the Chargers. We just couldn't put the ball in the end zone, and it ended up catching up to us at the end of the game where the you know the the Chargers finally did put one uh in the end zone and all of our good work offensively time of possession uh yards that we accumulated and all that kind of stuff would be wiped out by one touchdown by the Chargers the NBA finals are heating up looking for hot takes on all the postseason action the old man and the three presented by BMW is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Or, and, and that's what happened today with the 49ers. Uh, we were beating them up on, on, on offense. We were going downfield, getting there, moving, 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 moving the chains. Time of possession. We, we had a full quarter time of possession in the third quarter advantage over the 49ers. And it was all wiped out in the third quarter when Debo Samuel got that screen play on third and 19 and nearly went to the house, went to the one-yard line a couple plays later. Uh, the 49ers scored. So it's like all of the work that we did uh, on offense, all of the work that we did scoring and, and, and building a lead for our defense was erased in one drive. It was erased in one drive, and the game turned after that because once the 49ers basically caught us, they passed us, and it was over with. So um, such a disappointing uh, game uh, to, you know, to watch. Uh, and everything just not being able to finish and for to watch the offense move the ball so well and so efficiently and then get into the red zone and go full-blown goofed hard uh, in in the red zone where, where now all of a sudden on third and six instead of trying to throw the ball downfield uh, maybe a crossing route with Robinson or maybe some play action or something like that we throw the little flare route out into the into the into the basically like a lateral essentially to Khalil Herbert on third and six and he gets stuffed for like a three yard loss we end up having to kick a field goal 
uh, again. It's like all of a sudden we would just slam slam on the brakes in incompetent and efficient on offense, and then just like all of a sudden we'd go off the rails. Uh, for you know, for a play or two, and it would kill the drive, and we'd have to settle for a field goal. And you know, like I said, in the third quarter, the 49ers essentially erased all of that with the one drive uh, to break to make it 16-15 going into the fourth quarter, and it was pretty much over with at that point. Like I said, the game turned in that moment, and um, you know, went into 49ers' favor. And once they passed us, there was no there was no catching them. So, like I said, we'll talk more about that when we cover knee-jerk reactions and everything like that tomorrow. So, let's go ahead and, excuse me, let's go ahead and get into this. Um, You know, plenty of people had less than favorable performances uh, today, Um, you know, but but nothing really specific of an award. You know, it's like, obviously, I want to, like, honorable mentions to Akeem Hicks. Robert Quinn, uh, you know, Roquan Smith uh, at times, uh, just uh, Jalen J- Johnson, uh, Kendall Vildor and things like that, giving up the plays, letting the receivers have inside leverage so they were constantly killing us on those inside slant routes over and over again, which is basically like 80% of their offense in the passing game uh, today. Uh, you know, with Hicks and Goldman and uh, Robert Quinn having no impact whatsoever in the pass rushing uh, department uh, for the for the Bears today, but in the end, the true guilty party, in my opinion, the one worthy of the bear down, is Sean Desai. Awful, awful game plan uh, for this football game. Awful. And made no adjustments whatsoever because the 49ers kept doing the same thing over and over throughout the football game to great success, making Garoppolo look like the um, second coming of Tom Brady that they traded for back in 2017. Just, I mean, can't miss on a throw. Everything looking fantastic. He's out there running, you know, scoring touchdowns on his feet uh, and, and everything. It just looks like the genius uh, that uh, that the 49ers thought they were getting when they traded for him. You know, like they're, they, they probably think that they're cool. Like Shanahan probably has himself fooled into thinking like, okay, that was the breakout game for Garoppolo. We're set now until they meet a real defense a week or two from now and they get housed by somebody because he'll find out like, oh, it was just the Bears. It wasn't it wasn't Jimmy G. It was the Bears making Jimmy G look like the, the, the you know, the second coming of Christ. Um, but it's just over and over again. They just, whenever they needed a play, they would just attack the middle of the field. And where the hell were the linebackers today? Where was Roquan and Danny Trevathan and Ogletree? I mean, was he constantly sending them or something? I wish I could go back and and watch it uh, again. I wish I could go back and watch the game again because I just, where were those guys? The middle of the field was open all of the time. And like I said, our, our, our corners... Uh, we're constantly giving up the inside leverage, which means they think they have help on the inside. And any time that they, that that would happen, the receiver would would make the move to the inside 
there's nobody there. Once the guy catches the ball, it's like, okay, here's a guaranteed 15-yard gain over and over and over again. There's no linebacker there to greet them. There's no safety coming up from the third level to stop them. It was constantly the corner they had gotten beaten off the line of scrimmage, running them down from behind. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? We could not get to the quarterback. Even on the uh, rare occasions when we did try to blitz, we could never get home. We didn't sack Jimmy G one time uh, today. Not once uh, did we get to him. And it just and, and he looked like a genius the further we went into the the game. You know, it's like the. <laughs> The 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 mock or the, the you know the story on on Jimmy G was that he was a disappointment, that 49er fans could not wait for to to be rid of him. They couldn't wait for the Trey Lance era to truly truly begin because he started a game earlier this season against the Cardinals, but ended up getting hurt. So Jimmy G's been back ever since then. So that you know kind of been waiting for it to all come back around again for the for Trey Lance to get back out there. Shanahan, like Nagy, sticking to his guns that thinking Garoppolo gives him the best chance to win, and now he's got a game like this that he can hang his hat on as being evidence that he was right the whole time. See, Jimmy G is the is our best option. We're going to ride with him while Trey Lance, you know, sits back, sit, sits back, and sits back and learns uh, the offense, and and you know, we'll be ready to move forward with him uh, in the future. He is the quarterback of the future. Jimmy G is the quarterback of right now, and. You know, like just over and over again, Sean Desai, that with this, we were getting killed by the same thing, and he did nothing to adjust to it. He did nothing to adjust to it. Did he? Did he drop uh, a linebacker or or somebody like that into the middle of the field where we were getting killed? So if if they do complete the pass, then we stop it right away. No, he didn't do that. They just kept getting more and more yardage uh, in there, and then towards the end of the. Uh, the football game, then they blew us up in the running game with poor tackling uh, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was it was absolutely just beyond frustrating to watch. You know, it, it was like playing a game of, of Madden with that guy, with that friend of yours who has that one play that no matter what you do, you can't stop it. No matter what it is, it's just like it just you just can't stop it. And it's like one first down after any time he needs a play, he dials up this one, and it just works. No matter what you do, no matter how many what defenders you could stack, this like I know he's gonna throw the ball right here. I'm gonna put people right there. He completes the pass every time. It's a, it's his bread and butter, and that's what the 49ers did all day today. They attacked the middle of the field, the slant routes, the crossing routes, and things like that. Anytime they needed some yardage, they just dialed one of those up, and we did nothing to stop it. We did nothing to adjust to it, and the 49ers were able to get that offensive rhythm going that we ended up paying for. You know, We ended up paying for, A, our, our lack of, of uh, finishing on the offensive side, and we'll get to that here in just a minute, our lack of finishing on the offensive side, and then uh, our, our lack of uh, adjustment on the defensive side, in the first half, it was all field goals for the 49ers. Uh, you know, they didn't punt in the first quarter, in the first half either. It was four field goal attempts. They made three for the nine points that they had um, at halftime. But going, you know, in the second half, they started finishing those drives, putting them in the end zone. And that's how we went from winning the first half 13 to nine to losing the second half 24 to six. And that's how a four-point lead at halftime became an 11-point loss uh, when, the, when the clock struck zero uh, in the fourth quarter. 
The 49ers made the adjustments. The 49ers made the plays. The 49ers finished, and we didn't. And that's why their four-game losing streak is over, and we are now in the midst of a three-game losing streak. So we were three and two at one point. Now we're three and five, looking to go to Pittsburgh next Monday uh, against the Steelers, hoping to be four and five when we go into the bye next week. So it was so frustrating to sit there and why you just knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. And, and don't get me started on what happened on that screenplay uh, in the third quarter. It was third and nineteen. This is a give-up play if ever there was one, you know, and that's what those plays are designed to do. That's why you see those those screens, those flare-outs. Uh, that's why they run the draw play. They're just trying to get what they can get on that play because the, the probability of, of getting a first down in those situations is so low. Let's try and see if we can get something. Let's see if, you know, we can kind of fake them. Oh, it's a draw. They think we're passing. We'll hand it off and we'll, you know, we'll get our runner out into the open field, see if you can make something and get, make something happen, get a first down. If not, we've got some, you know, from some yardage, maybe uh, it'll be enough for our punter to flip the field uh, for us. That's the play that they were running. They get the ball out to Debo Samuel and, uh, a block here, a missed tackle or two there. The next thing you know, 84 yards later, uh, they're at the one-yard line, and they're you know on the cusp of tying the football game just like that, and the game flipped on that play, on that drive, I should say. When they scored and they caught us, that was the beginning of the end. Granted, we still had the lead because their kicker missed the extra point, but you know the, the game had changed at that moment. It changed in that moment, and it changed on a third and 19, a play that they weren't supposed to be able to have, they weren't, they weren't supposed to be able to get because there is no third and 19 play in the playbook. No matter what kind of offensive genius your play caller is, there is no third and 19 play. So we're just calling what we call. We'll see what happens. And, yeah, every now and then a miracle happens. Or every now and then you're playing the Bears, and shit like that will work for you. So off he went. 83 yards later, we're at the one-yard line couple plays later, Jimmy G runs it in for a touchdown, and it's a ball game when it should have been more like them trying to stop the bleeding because we were up 28-9 to because we were finishing, finishing the drives that were looking awesome until we got close to the goal line. So, bear down, Sean Desai. You, you got to do better. I mean, you've been better this year against better teams, against better offenses, and this one that's been struggling all year just had its easiest day of the season on you. By doing the same thing over and over again and your inability to stop it is why you've earned this award. Speaking of which, bear down Bill Lazor. Now, maybe I have a convenient memory, but I seem to remember that this football team and its success running the football was a between-the-tackles game. Like, that's why we were able to run the ball so well is because we were able to make it happen between our tackles, get our running backs into the second level because they're not going to be tackled by the first guy, whether it was Montgomery or Herbert. And, you know, and that's just where I, I envision the or, or remember uh, you know, maybe it's my just just my revisionist memory, but that's where our success has been. Uh, as a running team this year. That's why we have a top 10 rushing attack. If the if a, a run made its way to the outside, it was because that's where the running back found the lane and, and made his move to the outside. 
We were not a sweep, uh, you know, a pitch sweep kind of football team, and yet that was all we tried to do against the 49ers. I mean, it must have been something that we saw in film, that they were vulnerable. I mean, uh, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts had a very good game against the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. Last week, maybe that's what they saw. Maybe we thought they were vulnerable to the outside or whatever it was, but the Bears just kept trying to push it to the outside, pushing it to the outside, pushing it to the outside, and credit to the 49er defense, they swarmed and got to it pretty much every single time. And instead of of running between the tackles where we had almost all of our success running the football so far this year, we kept trying to push it to the outside, and we get stuff just about every single time, and it would kill drives. Whether and like, I mean, even from the for the first play of the drive, we're trying to sweep to the outside, or you know, push it to the outside, get outside the tackle. It gets stuffed for no gain or a one yard loss, and first and ten is now second and eleven, second and twelve, and that's a different section of the playbook. Uh, it just it happened over and over again today. And when we had success running the football, that's when we were running between the tackles, running you know it just in that little in that area that we've been so good at so far this season. And we just did not do it enough uh, because we kept trying to to dip into that well on the outside over and over again with laser. And then again, I don't know what it is about the Bears in the in the red zone. Once we get there. We're one of the worst teams in the league finishing the drives. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. We're one of the worst offensive teams, period. So I guess that kind of goes hand hand in hand with what we're working with uh, this year. But come on, man. I mean, it's just like all like we we're efficient. We're moving the ball. We're moving the chains. We are dominating time of possession, dominating time of possession. And all of a sudden we get inside the red zone and it's just full stop. We got nothing. We got no, we can't we can't scheme our guys open. We we can't you know find a way to uh, you know move the football to get even closer to the end zone. There's no quick strike ability. Nothing, nothing. It took an outstanding throw from Fields. It didn't look that impressive uh, on the initial on the, like in the moment when it actually happened. But when you go back and you look at the replay, number one, Fields is rolling to the left. He's a right-handed quarterback, so that's difficult uh, on its on its own. He throws the ball like kind of across his body to a point where only Jesse James could catch the ball. Like like the end zone where the play is coming at the end zone, he basically puts it in a spot that's just outside, just past the outstretched fingers of the defender to where only Jesse James get. It's like upon replay, it went from a nice play to an outstanding like genius type throw that we that we expect to see Justin Fields make on a regular basis as his feet, as his uh, career uh, progresses. Uh, that was the only touchdown in the first half. Uh, the rest of them, we would just. We killed ourselves with penalties on the first drive um, that, you know, we had our own third and, and super long play that we converted, but we decided to have not one penalty, but two on that play on third and 14. We threw a screen to Herbert who gets like 16 on the play, but we got an illegal man downfield and Cody Whitehair's blocking a guy in the back. And so we got to call that one back. And eventually we just had to kick the uh, had to settle for the field goal uh, on that one. I mean, and like I said, it just, it just this is what happens uh, over and over uh, with this offense and it's with this team. We just keep 
kept killing ourselves with penalties. And a lot of times, you know, it feels like if if a flag's being thrown, it's being thrown against the Bears. That's how it feels uh, most of the time. <laughs> but it's like you go back and you look, it's like, yep, that was holding. Yep, he was downfield. Yep, that was, that was you know, you can't do that, you know, over and over again uh, with this team. And it's like no adjustments. It's like what the hell is so difficult about scoring touchdowns in the red zone? You know, I, I don't understand. I, I know the field is condensed, so there's more bodies in the area and things. So I get that that's, that's where the higher level of difficulty comes from. But I, I, honestly, I, I think I'm just tired of everything that other teams in the league make look easy. We make it look anywhere from hard to freaking impossible. Like it just, it just is like, oh, well, this is, this is field goal area. This is not touchdown area. Those other freak teams that put it in the end zone, those are the anomalies. We're the normal ones. We're, we're the normal ones that kick field goals when we get into this era. And I mean, we're going to try to score touchdowns, but we're, we know we're not going to be able to. So we're just going to do our best and then we'll kick it on fourth down. So yeah, I just, the the whole thing with with the like the running game basically we stopped ourselves because we kept calling those goddamn outside runs over and over and over trying to push it to get around uh, the edge and it and it wasn't working like over and over was not working it's like I know I'm not Matt Nagy when it comes to the running game where if it it fails once then we're never going to we're never going back to the running game again but it's just like okay that didn't work that didn't work last time. It didn't work the two times before that. That didn't work the other. Oh, now we're running to the other side. Oh, it's still not working uh, on the left side this time. It's not it's working again to the left. It's like, how many times do you have to run it and know that it's not working or know that they're looking for it or, you know, like their like their pursuit angles and things like that where I'll stay. They tackled very well today, the 49ers did. But it's like over and over again, how often does that have to happen before you're like, yep, maybe we should stop trying to get it to the outside because they're beating us to the point of attack every single time. Every single time. Well, we're going to keep calling that. I don't know why. So, I... I anyway, so those are the two big uh, bear downs today to our to our coordinators, uh, to Laser and to Desai. The game plans were garbage, but I guess that would explain why we're a three and five uh, football team that, that you know, that uh, can't have nice things. So, it was just... We we have, a, you know, all week long, Justin Fields was talking about like he felt a breakout kind of game coming. You know, his passing yardage, you know, stats weren't pretty, but his uh, passing percentage, whereas like before he was like, you know, 11 of 22 or, or, or something like that. Uh, today, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, you know, it was much more efficient. I was like, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the, the stats come across, be like, oh, look at that. He was, you know, five, he's five of six so far, or he's this of that, or, or you know, what have you. And the, uh, come on, what the hell's taking so long? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, here we go. Justin Fields, 19 of 27. So he was 70% uh, today. Very good. 175 yards, though. So like I said, not impressive as far as the yardage is concerned, but he also ran for 103 yards today on top of the 72 that Herbert was able to muster on the plays where we ran to our strengths, which was between 
the tackles. He didn't beat anyone to the outside one time this whole game. Okay, and it wasn't because of lack of speed or anything like that. Is that the 49ers beat us to that point every single time. Their pursuit angles and you know their closing ability on those plays, they were on point pretty much every single time. And we just uh you know, just failed over and over again trying to make that play happen. And uh you know, but we ran between the tackles. There's Herbert with 72 yards, which is a fairly efficient day running the football. And then Justin Fields, some of them were design runs, some of him, some of them were him uh, scrambling. But I like that one that the the final touchdown in the second half, uh, I tweeted out that it would uh, cuz it was like a third and one, a fourth and one type play it was designed to go to the right side, he ended up making this guy miss, scrambling here, doing that, reverses field, goes back to the left side and runs it in for a touchdown. It reminded me of uh Tariq Cohen's punt return back in 2017 where he you know he's it was and the funny thing it happened pretty much the same way he runs to the to the right side it's not there then he gives up yardage he's losing yardage before he finally makes the turn comes right back I called it the no 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 yes 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 touchdown uh, on the punt return that's what that play looked like it's, that's what it reminded me of uh, when when uh, when Fields pulled it off and it felt like a moment it felt like a moment because we were down 23 to 23 to 16 or 22 to 16 I think no 23 uh, to 16 the 49ers had scored and gone ahead of us so we answered and we score and then Cairo Santos misses his first kick period in over a calendar year Uh, misses the extra point pushes it right but actually their kicker it, it happened on that side of the field that end of the field that happened three times today twice for the 49ers and once for us. He missed the field goal and an extra point for the 49ers, and Cairo Santos pushed to the wide right a an extra point, um, basically keeping the lead with the 49ers 23-22. to 22. But, uh, you know, we were never able to get any closer than that. But, you know, it just so frustrating today, man. So frustrating, you know, to be to be that efficient and, and to, to have the uh, the time of possession, things like it just, it was so, so frustrating. So anyway, so bear down to laser, bail down to Desai. I think we all know where this is headed as far as our bear up. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and, and uh, give QB1 his praises uh, because he deserves it today. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, Spotify Green Room is free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with me at Club 34-7 and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast. I'll be hosting rooms every week. Uh, for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in, let's have a conversation, let's talk bears, let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. 
Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. (laughs) So as I was saying, time for the Bear Up Award, and like I said, I only have one. Um, you know, I like the effort that Khalil Herbert uh, put in today. I, I, I like the effort. Uh, you know, I like that, you know, he got his bell rung there in, in the game but came back to, to finish the game so we can all breathe easy. He's fine uh, there, 72 yards on 23 carries, but a lot of those carries were trying to make something happen on the outside, and it just wasn't happening. It's like that stupid-ass movie uh, Mean Girls. It's like stop trying to make fetch happen. And today, Fetch was that outside run uh, against the 49ers. They were all over it all day, you know, so they just stopped trying to make Fetch happen. That's what that's what uh, Laser was trying to do with that goddamn outside run that failed over and over again um, because of the 72 yards, Herbert got like a third of that on one run. He had a long run of 22 uh, today, and I guarantee you that was an inside run. Guarantee you it was an inside run. So, I mean, the 49ers had a solid run defense to begin with, so running against them wasn't going to be easy, but we made it difficult by doing what what we're not good at to begin with. We don't run to the outside. We're not that team. You know, we're just not that team. So, but, uh, you know, Herbert played well. Uh, Darnell Mooney, not six catches, 64 yards. So we got to have Mark. We had a Marquise Goodwin sighting today. Cole Komet caught some passes and, and, Whatnot, but the star of the offense today was Justin Fields. And as I was saying before, he was saying all week he just felt like a breakout game was coming. 19 of 27 for 175 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the interception came late in the fourth, well, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, he was trying to take a deep shot with Mooney. And for the second week in a row, it's off Mooney's hands and into the defender's uh, arms. It was a 50 50 ball. And with Mooney not being the tallest receiver, probably not the best option uh, for 50-50 balls. But but we're also running that play, you know, what, three quarters too late? Maybe that's something you want to try early in the game to test the 49ers in that secondary or at least challenge the most penalized defensive pass interference team in the league. We didn't do that was the first time that the Bears went deep like that. That was the first time that we tried to take a shot downfield. And I don't know why. I mean, and here I am bitching about the offense again. But I don't know why after the Detroit game, we don't try to do that more often. That's like that's been something we haven't done since the Detroit game was try to take shots downfield. And before any of you stay it, it doesn't matter that it was the Lions. It doesn't. It's it's a matter of trying. We haven't tried since the Lions game. We just haven't. So that's where the problem is. Not that we had success doing it, but that we haven't really tried to do it since the Lions game. And this would have been a really good defense to try it against, and we waited until the game was basically already decided before we took our first real deep shot down the field. So it's like, what's the point? What's the point of having all this speed 
You know, trading for Jakeem Grant, who's a speedster, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird. We have Darnell Mooney. What's the point of having all this speed if we're not going to take her out for a spin? See how she flies, man. It's like it just we won't do it. We're, we're this, you know, this this short passing uh, West Coast offense, man. It's just, and but we we have the horses to go deep, and we're not trying. We're not even trying. Again, it's not even about the the success. It's about trying. You can't have success if you don't try. We're not trying. Therefore, there is no success. So that's what's frustrating uh, about that. But Fields himself, like I said, said he was he felt like a breakout game was coming, and you know it, it looked like we were kind of witnessing it. And but our inability to be able to finish those drives to put the ball in the end zone is what kept that from happening today. Like I said um, in my tweets today, it's thirteen to nine. It should be twenty-one to nine. It's sixteen to nine. It should be twenty-eight to nine. The, all all those drives should have been finished. We should have finished every one of them. There was a moment in those drives where if we convert here, if we do this, we're in the end zone or we're in a better better position, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And instead, we kept trading touchdowns for field goals and left ourselves vulnerable for to to catch up to us. And it did. It did. In the second half, the 49ers were able to figure it out and score 24 points in the second half and were able to pass us and leave us in the dust uh, en route to solving their problems of losing four straight and, uh, you know, getting off the schneid <laughs> against us. And now we're three and five uh, looking to go into hostile territory in Pittsburgh next week now the only comfort i can take in playing the steelers is that our record against steelers is like 13 14 and 1 like literally we have the steelers number and and inexplicably at times too like there's no reason this team should have beat that one like the last time we played 2017 the steelers were one of the better teams in football we're in our lame duck john fox last year of his contract uh season and uh we went out there and we beat the steelers like <laughs> we're on route to like a five and 11 season or whatever it was in, in 2017. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the Steelers were one of those teams that we beat. It's just, okay, fine. So I don't know. We'll see that. That's like the only like true optimism I have going into this game is that we've had some pretty good success beating the Steelers, you know, explicably or inexplicably uh, over the years. So I like our chances going in, but I don't trust this team, not even a little bit uh, going forward. So, but And I also see the Bears trying to rush Khalil Mack back as soon as humanly possible after that pass rushing performance we had against the 49ers today. But um, trying to stick to our quarterback here, um, you know, we, we basically got to see the, the entire tool belt with, with Justin Fields today. Uh, we just weren't really – actually, we didn't get to see the entire tool belt, not until it was too late, because Justin Fields was known for his deep ball accuracy uh, in college. And like I just got done complaining about a moment ago, we're not even trying to see the deep ball accuracy. I mean, the kid throws one of the prettiest balls I've ever seen. You know, he's 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 surgical when he's on point. And uh, – uh, you know, we got to see him use his feet like he did so well uh, in college. 103 yards rushing today uh, on 10 attempts. Just an outstanding performance from him. So he's our bear. He's our one bear up. He's our most valuable uh, bear today. Uh, as 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 not pretty as it was overall, it would have been a hell of a lot uglier if Fields wasn't out there today. And um, 
you know, it just uh, it was a it was a mess, and he he was outstanding. He really was the one uh, bright spot. He rebounded beautifully from his performance last week against the uh, Buccaneers. Uh, his one interception, like I said, was kind of a was a fifty fifty ball uh, at the end, where it's kind of an inconsequential play. Like God forbid, even if we do score on that drive, we still have to get the ball back and score again with no timeouts. So it was pretty much over with before we got the football on that one. So I don't really fault fault uh, Fields for the interception uh, that he threw. At least he didn't throw it thinking he had a free play again when he didn't. So. Yeah, we finally broke that streak after doing that two weeks in a row. But uh, I really loved what I saw from him today. Hopefully it's a performance we can build on uh, going forward and uh, we can continue to let this kid stretch his wings uh, and see what he's uh, totally capable of. Because um, all today's game did with Nagy not being involved, you know, COVID keeping him away from uh, the sidelines today, all today did was want this entire staff gone. Get rid of them all. Let's start over with with let's take our chances with somebody else because it's not working here. These guys had free ring. You know, it's like I know that they answered a Nagy, so they probably had to do some things that they wouldn't have. Uh, you know, but when you're in the game, Nagy can't even have contact with the team. You do whatever the hell you want, and this was the performance that uh, that was turned out. It was uh, not good, not good. So I just I want to move on from the whole bunch. Start over with somebody else, and uh, you know, see what else we can do. See what we can see what can be done with somebody else at the helm. So, anyway, guys, I think that's going to do it uh, for this week's edition of Bear Up, Bear Down. Come back tomorrow for the deep dive review. We'll get into knee jerk reactions, talk a bit more about this game, and uh, get you ready for uh, close the book on it so we can get ready for Week Nine, last game before the bye against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So come on back tomorrow for the full deep dive review. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.